throwing a party tonight. Something to do with a book? Maybe. She can't remember. But Sarah has insisted that she come. Has reminded her about it with weekly emails for two months now, as well as helpful voicemail messages. Hey, Lolo. It's me. Don't forget Thursday night, my parents' place. You promised. Promised, promised. Wear something amazing. Be your usual beautiful self, but don't be late. I'm going to have no one to talk to because Dan can't make it because... Who cares? <laughs> okay, I'll see you the day after tomorrow. Lauren's office is freezing. You could keep butter on the desk. You could perform surgery. Every woman in the office... They're all women keeps a cashmere sweater on the back of her chair. They sit, hands outstretched over computer keyboards like a bum's over a flaming garbage can. The usual office noises. Typing, telephones, people using indoor voices. The double ding of the elevator going down. For some reason, the double ding of the elevator going down is louder than the single ding of the elevator going up. There's a metaphor in there waiting to be untangled. They make cookbooks, these women. There's no food, just stacks of paper and editorial assistants and glasses. She's worked here for four years. It's fine. Today is different because today... There's a guy, an actual dude in the office with them, not a photographer or stylist popping by for a meeting, as does happen. He's a temp, because Kristen is having a baby and her doctor put her on bed rest. Lauren isn't totally clear on what Kristen does, but now there's a dude doing it. He's wearing a button-down shirt and jeans, and... Loafers, not sneakers, which implies a certain maturity. Lauren's been trying to get him to notice her all day. She's the second prettiest woman in the office, so it isn't hard. Hannah, the prettiest, has a vacant quality about her. She's not stupid, exactly. In fact, she's very competent. But she doesn't have spark. She's not interesting, just thin and blonde, with heavy eyeglasses and a photograph of her French bulldog on her computer screen. Lauren has it all planned out. She'll walk past his desk a couple of times, which isn't suspicious because his desk isn't far from the kitchen, and the kitchen is where the coffee is. And by the third time, he'll follow her in there, and she'll make a wisecrack about the coffee— and he'll say it's not so bad, and they'll talk. And exchange phone numbers, email addresses, whatever. And then later, they'll leave the office at the same time, ride down together in the elevator, and not talk, because they both understand that the social contract dictates that sane people do not talk in elevators. And then he'll let her go through the revolving door first, even though she's pretty sure that etiquette has it that men precede women through revolving doors. And then they'll both be standing on Broadway, and there will be traffic and that vague smell of charred ethnic meat from the guy with the lunch cart on the corner.
and he'll suggest they get a drink. And she'll say, sure. And they'll go to the Irish pub on 55th Street because there's nowhere else to go. And after two drinks, they'll be starving. And he'll suggest they get dinner. But there's nowhere to eat in this part of town. So they'll take the train to Union Square and realize there's nowhere to eat there either. And they'll walk down into the East Village and find something. Maybe ramen or that Moroccan-y place that she always forgets she likes. And they'll eat. And they'll start touching each other. Casually, but deliberately. Carefully. And the check will come, and she'll say, let's split it. And he'll say, no, let me. Even though he's a temp and can't make that much money, right? Then they'll be drunk, so taking a cab seems wise, and they'll make out in the back seat.